Hey, it's Chris here from The Spark. Sometimes we get really interesting stories from people that for one reason or another, we just don't have time to air. The story you're about to hear is one of them. On last week's episode, we talked with entrepreneur Weldon Long, and he tells a wonderful story about meeting Dr. Stephen R. Covey, who was the author of The Seven Healthy Habits of Highly Effective People. It's an amazing story and one that we find really interesting, but we just did not have time to air in the radio version of the show. So here now is that portion of the interview. Enjoy. Tell me about how did you meet Stephen Covey? What was that about? This is crazy. So in December of 2008, I was out. I had built a successful company and I had finished the manuscript of The Upside of Fear. Uh, My publisher called me and said, who would you like to have endorsements? Because it was coming out September of 2009, like nine months later. Who would you like to have endorsements? we got to start working on endorsements. I'm like, well, Stephen Covey, of course. (laughs) It's like, hello. And like, "Uh, Mr. Long, you're not going to get an endorsement from Stephen Covey. Right. We were thinking like your mom, (laughs) maybe, you know, the mayor in your town, but you're not going to get a Stephen Covey endorsement. Well, I'm like, you know, just tell me I can't do something. Right. That's all I need from from people. Just tell me it can't be done. So I wrote down, I have what I call a prosperity plan with all my dreams on it. Just like the first one I wrote that was on the wall in my prison cell. I have one today that's different, obviously, but different things in there. But I took out my prosperity plan and I wrote on the bottom of it, Stephen R. Covey has endorsed the upside of fear. And every morning, starting in December of 2008, when I would read my prosperity plan, that would be the last thing on there. I would visualize meeting Dr. Covey. I would visualize what it would mean for a guy like me to get an endorsement from him. And every day. So five months go by. During those five months, we're taking action, right? We're calling his office. We're sending manuscripts. They're coming back unopened. We're sending letters, no response. Five months goes by. After five months, in May of 2009, five months later, my speaking manager comes to me and says, hey, uh, I just booked you for this engagement at a, a group of business leaders here in Colorado Springs where I live. I'm like, okay. And it was a free gig. I'm like, how much is it? It was free. I'm like, why am I doing a free gig? He said, just go. It's great networking. Just go do it. It's a lunch in their heaven. So, cause I, I do not work for free. I tell people I'm easy, but I'm not cheap. And so I, but I go to this thing and just before they introduce me, a guy in the front row stands up. And he goes, hey, guys, I have an announcement. Uh, as, this is after five months of us desperately trying to reach Dr. Covey. This guy stands up and says, uh, most of you know my daughter, Julie, is Stephen Covey's personal assistant. And if anybody here would like to meet him, he's going to be in town next month. Let me know. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me right now? Then they introduce me, so I have no time to say anything to him. So I go up, I do like 45 minutes. I do my keynote. And of course, I always talk about Dr. Covey because he was so influential in my life. And this guy the whole time is like nodding his head. And, and I finished speaking. He comes right up to the podium. He's like, he's like, oh, my God, Dr. Covey needs to read your book. I'm like, no, kidney needs to read my book. I've been trying for six months. Right. He says, well, you know, my daughter. I'm like, yeah, I heard the announcement. I get it. Right. So he takes out his phone, Stephanie. He dials his daughter. Julie, honey, I got this guy standing in front of me that spent 13 years in prison. And Stephen's book, Stephen's book changed his life. Now he has a book of his own. I'm going to send you a manuscript. And with that, two manuscripts are gone to Dr. Covey. A month later, he's in town. He's speaking at a big auditorium here. I don't know, 1,500 people, whatever. And I go with my family, my staff. And we're sitting there. We're watching Dr. Covey. This was 13 years after I read his book in the penitentiary, right? Now my life is completely different, successful company, blah, blah, blah. And he's talking about, and I'm, I'm just, I'm streaming in tears because he's talking about the same things I read in that prison cell. 
And he's right there. I can almost touch him. He's right there, right? And so he finishes speaking and he goes off to this receiving line at the edge of the stage. He's signing books and talking to people. I see uh, this guy on the other side of the stage who was the one I met that day at the luncheon. And this young lady, I assume, is his daughter, Julie. So I go over. I got plenty of time. We're supposed to meet Dr. Covey after. I go over and his name is Gordon Edging. And I said, Gordon, thank you so much for making this happen. This is like the most extraordinary night of my life. And I'm talking to Julie and she's like, oh, Dr. Covey loved your book. I'm like, really? I can't believe it. He loved it. You know? He said, I love, you know, she goes, he was a little concerned about the language because I write the book. Now, you heard the audio version, by the way, which I edited. Right? I wondered. Version, I wondered. The written version is a little harsh for your listeners out there because I wrote it like, you know, you don't get shot at or shoot people and say, doggone it. Stop it. Right. Oh, yes. Hello. Yeah. Right. So, but when I did the audio version, it was funny because at first I read it straight from the book. And when I realized, I'm like, holy cow, I can't do this. I, I pictured some woman or some guy in their car picking their kids up from school, listening to the book. So I went, I went, we had to edit that and, and change it. And it, it worked out okay. But the book is like straight from the streets. So I'm sitting there talking to, to Julie and Gordon. And all of a sudden, Stephanie, I feel this hand on my shoulder. And I turn around and there's Dr. Stephen Arcovy. And he's, was just a man, just a human like the rest of us, pants on one leg at a time and all that. But he happened to be the man that wrote the words that saved my life. And I don't say changed my life. No. Saved my life. Because I was on a path of total destruction. I was either going to do life in the penitentiary, or I was going to get shot or get killed or something. And when I saw him, you know, I had a month for the plan for this meeting because I knew it was coming for a month. And I had all these questions about whatever speaking and writing because that's the stuff I wanted to do. And when I saw his face, I had nothing. I could not remember my own name. It was like, I was just like, oh my God, you're Stephen Covey. Mm. And he looks at me and he says, son, he was about 75 then. He goes, and I was, I don't know, 45, whatever. He said, son, I really loved your book. And I'm like, I love your book too. <laughs> Millions of other people. I'm like, I love your book. And I started crying again. Yeah. And he puts this big bear hug around me. And he steps back, Stephanie, and he puts his right hand on my heart. And he says to me, you have a divine destiny. You have a divine destiny. You have a divine destiny. In fact, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see that up there? Yeah, yeah. That picture right there? That's... That was the night. That was the night right there. It was right after he did that. Oh, my. I got the chills. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. So I'm like, Dr. Covey, what does that mean, a divine destiny? He says, son, I'm 45 years old, but he calls me son because he's it. like in the 70s. He says, son, you in this story, people need to understand that no matter how far you've gone down, no matter how desperate your situation is, if you apply principles that he embodied in the seven habits, you can change anything. It's like, oh my God, we talk like 15, 20 minutes. And then he leaves with his entourage. The next morning is Monday morning. Now we have the right phone numbers to try to get an endorsement. So we, I have my speaking manager start calling his office and uh, in uh, Provo, Utah. And what we learned very quickly is that to get a Stephen Covey endorsement, because we were like, Dr. Covey said he loved the book. Can we use that in the book? And I could see it. I love this book, Stephen R. Covey, The Seven Habits, right? Yeah. I'm not getting so excited. They said, well, it really doesn't happen that way. Uh, the way it happens is that it goes to a committee. It could take a year to go through the process. we got to vet the store. we got to vet the author, vet the author, blah, blah, blah. And this was, in, uh, this was now in, uh, in June uh, of, 19, of 2009. Right. And we were going to hardcover press like within weeks. So we had, we didn't have a year basically. 
So we get this lady to agree to call Dr. Covey. So she finally reaches Dr. Covey the following Wednesday. She tracks him down. He was at his vacation home where he eventually died many years later uh, in Idaho. And she gets Dr. Covey on the phone and she says, Dr. Covey, that guy you met Sunday night said that you loved the book and he wondered if he could use that for an endorsement. And I told him that's not how it works. It's got to go through a committee. But I promised I would call at least ask. Dr. Covey turns to his oldest daughter, Catherine, who had just read the manuscript and she loved it. And she also happened to be the chairwoman of the committee that makes decisions on her father's endorsements. And on the spot, they agree to endorse the upside of fear. So they dictate the endorsement over the phone and to my speaking manager. But then a few hours later, they sent an email because the publisher had to have it in writing, right? They couldn't right. just take the word. So I'm in San Francisco, as a matter of fact, speaking when this happened. And I get to my hotel, or my room in my hotel after I was speaking. And I know it's coming because my speaking manager has been texting me, blowing up my phone all day. And I open the email and I read this endorsement. I can't believe what I'm reading. But you know the craziest part, Stephanie? I didn't realize the date. It was June 10th of 2009. 13 years to the day that my father had died on June 10th of 1996. And I picked up a copy of The Seven Habits. Yeah. And that story is so unbelievable. I tell people, go Google it, right? Because Dr. Covey and I did a joint blog about that whole meeting, about the whole thing. Our thanks to Weldon Long for that wonderful story about meeting Dr. Stephen R. Covey. And uh, if you want to hear more of our conversation with Weldon, that's episode 13, available at thesparkpod.com. Also, a reminder that The Spark has a new broadcast home. We're pleased to begin our partnership with NOCO FM, a new alternative independent radio station based in northern Colorado. The Spark will still air at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, and you can hear it anywhere in the world by going to noco.fm. That's N-O-C-O dot F-M, and we hope to see you all there.